And everybody said? Oh, I'm so glad. I'm glad to be here. Are you? I hope so. I am so excited. Um, one of, I just want to say the first thing. Um, thank you for hanging through the entire uh, year of the Gospel of Luke. We are done. We finished the Gospel of Luke. You and I, we finished that book together. And I'm so glad that uh, I just believe God gave us some really good insight through his Holy Spirit power on what it means to follow Jesus and be more like him in a world that's just absolutely lost, right? Um, I just want to say a big shout out to all of you that are here for the first time. And I just, from our family to you, from our heart to you, we just want to say we are really, really glad that you're here. And so um, if you are here for the first or maybe second, third, fourth time, and just kind of maybe checking out church or checking out MVCC, um, there's a, a card in the seat back in front, um, easy to find, connect. And uh, we'd love for you just to take a moment just to fill that out. Um, it's an opportunity for us to put something in your hand that we just want to say thank you for being here. And then also we have uh, weekly uh, events and things that are going on. And if it's okay with you, then we just, those emails, we don't sell anybody's emails here. We don't do any marketing or anything, but we just um, want to be able to get in your hands through email all the cool stuff that's going on. Also, I do a weekly devotional um, that I send out every week by email. And if you're not on that, you can also do that with this card and we'll make sure that we get you on that email list. Cool? I thought we would take a moment and pray for the people of Maui. And so let's just do that. God, we, um, we know that your word tells us um, when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. And so, God, we think right now and we pray for um, the people of Maui who are displaced, who are homeless, um, those who have lost loved ones, they've lost their livelihood, um, many of them, God, and we just pray for them that the churches there, God, will seize the moment and seize the opportunity to love people, to help them uh, put back uh, their lives together again, and most of all, to bring them to the hope of, of Jesus if they don't have that. God, whatever we can do here at MVCC, and Lord, you know there's already been some phone calls out to Maui. If there's something we can do as a church, um, Father, we want to be available to just um, love and serve people wherever we can. So God, we pray where there is fear, that you would break that fear. Father, we pray where there is hopelessness, that you would bring back hope. Father, we pray where there is trepidation and and um, anxiety and, and all those things that go along with the devastation of these fires. God, we pray that you bring peace and love and that internal joy that no one can take Jesus, you, Lord, away from us. And we just pray this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. good, good. So glad to be a part of a loving church that, you know, we just want to love people. Amen. So um, we're starting a new series, four-part series. Um, I'm calling this Discerning the Voice. And so um, I just want to say out of the get-go as we get going with this, um, I like a lot of interaction. I know it's a little early. It's uh, 9.28. Um, I've been up since 5. I don't know where, you know. Um, but uh, I like a lot of interaction. And so um, not to uh, put that on you, it's like you have to do this. But if you feel like, you know what, God just spoke to me, yes, you, you can Clap your hands. It's okay. The Bible says clap your hands, right? If you want to lift your hands, if you want to stand up and say, God, you're awesome. I, I, you know, we don't want to get nuts here. We're not going to get crazy. But I, I just think, you know, in the OC, we're a little bit too reserved. Would you agree? And I know when I'm listening to a message, you know, Pastor Zach gave a great message last, our youth pastor. 
Pastor Scott gives a great message. We got a great teaching team here. And I'll, I'll sit over here and I'm like, amen, preached. Yes, I'm writing notes down. I'm doing well because I want to hear from God. I need to hear from God. Always want my ears to be open. So I just want to say we want to be very comfortable, very relaxed, um, but also um, excited, right, about what God's doing. So I believe that God is the great I am. He is not the great I was, the great I used to be, the great days of old, but he is the great I am now. Now, here's, here's the dilemma. Knowing that and being able to discern where, God, are you speaking to me in my life? I, would you agree that you want to have a discernment to be able to recognize the voice of God? Right? Can we get a yes on that? I'm so glad. I'm, every day, man, I want to hear from God. I want to know, God, what you're saying to me. And I will be the first one to say out of the get-go, it is difficult to do that with so much distraction that we have here in the OC. Would you agree? So we're going to spend the next four weeks in the Word and listening to the Holy Spirit and what He's going to teach us so that we can be discerners and hear the voice of God. Now, why would I want to hear God's voice? Well, number one, I hope that the desire of your heart, you're on the spiritual edge of your seat because you want to know Jesus. You want interaction with Him. You love Him, right? We love Him because He first loved us. So everything we do in Christianity is because of love. God loved us, and therefore we love Him. Second is, we got a lot of lost people out there. Would you agree? And people need God. People need service. They need love. They need hope. They need to know that somebody genuinely cares. People, Christians that are willing to sit with someone and not give all the answers, but sit with someone with their tears and cry with them. To sit in somebody's pain. To step into someone else's nightmare that they're walking through and say, I'm just here with you. If, if we did more of that, we would see our culture change. We would see our schools change. We would see our, our workplaces, our families would change. If we just loved people for free, right? So I've got to hear God's voice so that I can learn to discern where he wants me to be in a specific moment, in a specific time. Now, any fans of the TV show um, The Voice? Anybody? Anybody like that show? I, I like that show. It's kind of cool. If you don't know what The Voice is, um, it's basically Blake Shelton, Adam Levine, Gwen Stefani, uh, Kelly Clarkson, Alicia Keys, just to name a few. They're professional, you know, top-notch singers, obviously. And so they are in a four-part, uh, four chairs, and they have their back to the contestant who's on the show to try and win their favor so that they can be coached vocally, and then there's a big contest and everything, right? Are you with me on that? It's pretty easy. What I love about this show is they have to be able to listen for the one that's singing, and then they have to make a decision. Am I going to invest my life, my time, my resources to help this person to become even greater? Are you with me with that? So I thought we would just take a quick look at a clip here. This is about 90 seconds. Just stay with me for a moment. This is a contestant who wants to make it big. Okay, this is a secular show. This is not Christian or anything, right? So um, secular stuff's going to happen. There's nothing offensive in here, but I just want to prepare you. So um, I want you to see, this is where I really want you to see, the four judges 
I need you to see their faces. I need you to just see how incredibly focused they are. And at the end of the clip, then we'll get back to it. So let's watch this clip. Flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. sing like that man that would be awesome now here's the thing did you notice the judges they were listening they were focused they were absolutely intent and as soon as they made that decision and they hit that button I love it went one two three and then the very last guy I think it was Adam you know he had to kind of think about it a minute but you could see that he was listening right I think when I saw that I thought Lord that's what life is about as a believer that we we cannot see God we, we can't see him physically but we can hear him But in order to make that decision, I will listen to the voice of God and hit that button. I've got to be so absolutely focused. I have to absolutely be honed in. God, I am after you. I am chasing after you, God. My whole life, God, is in submission to you, Lord. And I will do whatever it takes as I sit in the chair of life. I don't want to listen to the voice of the world. I want to listen to your voice. And that requires a focus. That requires an intent. That's what I want to talk about in this series. I want us to be such good listeners that we're starting to say things like, Man, God spoke to me about this. This is amazing. I, I think God is leading me to do this. I was in prayer, or I was in Ralph's uh, grocery store. I was in the bank. I was driving. Down, I just sensed that God was moving over my life, and he's speaking. And I want you to be in that place, but it's not just a quick fix. It's not just magic. It requires some discipline in our life, our desire, and some discipline to be able to hear God's voice. God's voice is exciting. Think about the creator of the universe who made everything that we have, he speaks to us. He wants to speak to us, and he wants us to hear him. When I lived in Hawaii, I, was a youth, I had the privilege of serving as a youth pastor there for about six years, and I remember um, connecting with some guys that were, um, I will just say, passionate about seeking the Holy Spirit. I mean, these guys were absolutely, every day, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? 
Uh, they were the kind of guys that would lay themselves out on the surgical spiritual table and say, God, whatever you want me to do. Lord, if I break my arm, praise God, I'll use it for you. God, if I get a disease, praise God, I'll use it for you. If I lose my house, it's okay, Lord. I mean, that kind of faith. And I remember they would just kind of out of this, this discussions that we would just sit around having at lunch, oh yeah, man, God was just downloading stuff to me and I heard God speak, and not audibly, but you know when God is speaking internally into your heart and you know that that's God's voice, these guys were so in tune. And I remember sitting back and I was about 23 years old and I was like, I want to hear God like that. I need to hear God like that. There are so many voices out there that spoil us for our time. Isn't it time now that we make a decision, we hit the button, we throw the stake in the ground, we say, God, I am committed, I'm on it, I wanna hear your voice more than anything else. I wanna bring us to the word, so if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. If you have your app, you can just follow along. If you don't, that's okay, we have them here on the screen. But I, 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 the word is where we wanna go on hearing God's voice, amen? So Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, one of my favorite passages. I love, the book of Hebrews is basically about how Jesus is better than the old covenant. The new covenant is better. Aren't you glad that we're living in Old Testament days? Follow 613 laws, man. If you broke one law, you're done. You're toast. Have to bring an animal every year to sacrifice it to the priest, to Jerusalem. I'm all that stuff. We live under grace. It's not like we have freedom to just do whatever we want to do. Because we've been saved by God's grace because of Jesus and because of the cross and the resurrection, we want to follow him. We want to love him. We want to hear his voice. We want to serve him. And so Hebrews is all about that. And I love that the writer here, we don't know the author, but we do know what he's saying or she's saying as he wrote this, they wrote this, that God is very, being very specific about the days of old, but God is bringing the days of new. Are you with me? All right, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Moses, Abraham, David, um, uh, Isaiah, all the prophets, God spoke through those men. And now in these final days, say final days with me, final days. We are living in the last days, aren't we? He has spoken to us through who? His son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he's created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, somebody say amen. amen. He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. In these last days, God has spoken to us and continues to speak to us by his son. So God speaks, right? We, right, we, that right out of the get-go, right out of the gate, we know that. Let's go to the next one. John 10, 27 and 28. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He wants to make sure that they know that there's a very, very close relationship that God wants with his people. Christians, people who have said yes to Jesus Christ. And so he uses this analogy, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. I just want you to see my sheep listen to my voice, right? If you are a follower, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are his, man. 
He is your shepherd. He is your personal GPS. He is your loving father. He is your guide. He is the one that takes you through life. He's the one that protects you. His hand is over you. And let me just remind us that it is a loving shepherd's hand that cares and knows the sheep by name. I love that. Let's go to the next one, Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. That tells me this. The Lord gave me, meaning the writer, Jeremiah, this message. So God can still and is still speaking to us. Let's go to Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Now, I understand the, the context of this is that Scripture lays out what's going to happen in the future. But the principle of this, I believe God is still the same. He's not going to download a new message that's contrary to the Bible. But we live in everyday living that when sometimes we read a verb, Bible verse, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to school. I'm taking my classes. I'm dating this person. I'm getting married. I'm having a child. I'm getting this job. But it doesn't specifically say, God, what am I supposed to do here in the actual verses so I need guidance from him, from the word of God, so that I can hear his voice. Does that make sense? Let's go to the next one here. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. Some of your Bible versions may say the word of God. Same thing. And let's go to the last one. Psalm 25, verses 14 and 15. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. David is expressing, again, his heart, and he's saying the Lord is a friend to those who fear him. Those who fear him doesn't mean, oh, I'm really afraid of God. It means that I respect God. I respect who he is. I'm not God. He is, and I know my place before him. I am a servant, I am a friend of his, I am a child of his, which brings us to the next three things I want to say out of this. And if you're um, looking the seat back in front of you, if you just want to take some notes and take this home with you, this is hopefully just helpful to remember all this stuff. But there are three things that I want us to take away out of this series. Number one is this. I want you and I together to learn to discern. First point, point number one, I don't have all this down. I'm still learning this. I'm learning this with you. I wish I could stand before you and say, oh yes, I hear from God every morning. In fact, I wake up with a cup of coffee at five in the morning um, on Sunday mornings, spend an hour in prayer, and God always speaks to me right on time. It doesn't work like that. I have to trust him, and God knows best. He knows that his ways are higher than my ways. But I want you to have this passion. I want you to have this desire. I want us here at MVCC to be able to learn. I'm learning how to discern God's voice. You with me? Number two is this. I want you to want to step into a vibrant, ongoing conversation with God, who is the great I am. I want you to desire this. I want you to think about this. I want you to chew on this. I want you to be frustrated with some of this. I want you to have some tension because, God, where are you? I want to hear your voice, and I can't hear you. And through all that, God is going to teach us. He's going to teach us how to discern when he's speaking. Does that make sense? Number three is this one. Man, I want at MVCC for us, family, align myself with the ways of God. 
It's not just so I can hear God and say, God spoke to me. This is so cool. No, God spoke to me. This is so cool. So that I can align my life biblically the way he wants me to live. We, can I just, we need more people to live the way Jesus called us to live. I had a friend of mine, have a friend of mine who has, wants nothing to do with Christianity, nothing to do with church. And he says, so what do you do all day as a pastor? Write sermons and uh, play golf? I said, no, man. I wish it was that. Well, not golf, but maybe tennis. It's not like that. He says, well, I bet your toughest job is getting the Christians. And this is just non-Christian. This is being raw. This is being real with, real with you. He says, the toughest job you have is to get Christians to act like Christians. When he said that, at first I started chuckling. Then I thought, this is serious. Because obviously he's seen something in us that causes him to go, well, maybe it's not worthy of my time because I don't see people living the life. I want us to align ourselves. I want us to be so passionate about living for Jesus every day. And in order to hear his voice, I've got to be able to focus on what we've been talking about. So God not only is speaking today, and I want you to be excited about that. I want you to be, yes, I'm, I'm wanting to step into this vibrant relationship with God that I can hear his voice and respond. But I also want to remind us there's some things that God said in the word that will never change. The word of God will never change. And he speaks to us, yes, daily. But these are things that he said. I just wanted to remind you. They're up on the screen here. But John 1.12 says, I am, I am his child. John 15 says, I am a friend of God. John, um, uh, Romans 5.1 says, we are, I am justified. 1 Corinthians 6 says, I am united with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, I am a member of God's family. Ephesians 1 says, I am a saint of God. Ephesians 1 says, I am adopted as a son or daughter of God. Uh, Romans 8 says, I am free from all condemnation. Romans 8 again says, I am assured that all things work together for good. Colossians 3 says, I'm hidden with Christ in God. Philippians 3 tells me, I'm a citizen of heaven. You and I together. Jeremiah 1 says, I am appointed by God. 1 John 5 says, I am born of God. Matthew 5 says, I am the salt and the light of the world. John 15 says, I am the branch of the true vine. John 15 again says in verse 16, I am chosen. 1 Corinthians 3 says, I am a temple of God. 2 Corinthians 5 says, I am a servant of the Most High. Ephesians 2.6 says, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.10 says, I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Aren't you glad for that? Those things will never change. That's what God says about you. But because sometimes we live with all those voices, we start listening to the negativity or the voices of the past. So I want to make this point. Action point number one is this. What are we going to do? Pastor Mike, what are you going to do as a result of hearing what I'm speaking to you today out of my word? Number one is this. I'm going to make a decision to receive the Lord as the great I am. And allow my, your together, us, our identity to come from that truth. I want to camp on this for a second because you and I together, we've all been raised in different environments. We've all been raised in maybe different cultures, different circumstances. And unfortunately, some of those can be dysfunctional and be negative. And if we've come from a negative background, we start to remember those voices and we start to live by those voices, voices and we start thinking we're that. There was a, a famous uh, a philosopher by the name of Charles Cooley who came up with the looking glass self. And his theory was that he asked his students in class, 
Who's the most important person in your life? And as they would raise their hand and they would start shouting out the most important person, he says, whatever you think that person thinks about you is how you see yourself. I thought, that's right on. Not to say that anyone in our life, physically, any human being, is not worthy of saying this person is very important to me. If it's anything other than Jesus Christ, they're just a person. It, it, it would be as if I, if I grew up with a father or a mother or some type of guardian that was real hard on me, that expected high expectations, and I felt like I could never measure up. Then when I accept Jesus, I, I, I mask un, un, maybe unintentionally that I can never measure up to what Jesus wants me to live by. And I'm constantly living in fear and constantly living like I'll never make it. Does that make sense? So what happens when Jesus becomes the most important person in your life? Jesus thinks you're wonderful. Jesus says you're his child. Jesus says you're a saint of God. Jesus says you're a co-heir with Christ. We could go on and on. When Jesus becomes the most important person in my life and in your life, it changes your whole identity. I want you to grab onto this, and this may take some unpacking, nothing wrong with some Christian counseling or talking to a pastor or someone in your life that's maybe a little farther along in their Christianity and say, I got to confess some things to you. I need some help. Help, 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 help. Because my identity for too long has come from the negativity and the negative people in my life. I start thinking and believing that I'm not that good. I'll never measure up. I can't hear the voice of God. I could never go on a trip like Casahoga or Berlin. God can never use me. God, if you really knew the real stuff in my life, I can't be used of you. We hear those voices from the enemy, and therefore, unfortunately, we are beaten down, and we disqualify ourselves from walking in the freedom that Jesus wants us to walk into. So, I want you to grab onto this. I am not the person that everybody else thinks I am or not. I am his. I have been bought with a price. I am loved by him. The Holy Spirit is in me. I know that I'm saved. And I know, God, you have your hand on my life. Even though I may not feel it, even though I may not understand it, and the circumstances I'm in right now, God, I don't like it. And too many of us, and myself included, listen to the voices of the past. Researchers say that we listen to 60,000 thoughts a day, and 80% of them are negative. Develop wrong patterns, wrong thinking, build up walls. Well, God, you really must be disappointed with me. I'll never really recover from this. I sound so stupid, nobody will listen to me. I'll never amount to anything. God, you must really be angry with me because of my sins on Saturday. And we could go on and on with this, this rapid, compulsive, wearisome, intimidating, and insinuating thoughts that can crowd my brain, and God is saying, that's not me. Why does the enemy do this? Because he wants to wear you out. He wants you to quit, stop, throw your hands up. It's too hard. Takes too much. I'm, I, I can't. But there's hope this morning. There's massive hope, brothers and sisters, because God has something greater for us, which leads to action point number two. I want you to make a decision 
and I'm doing this with you, to take every thought captive to obey Christ. What does that mean? When negative thoughts start coming in, or gosh, that trauma that happened in my life years ago, many years ago, but I can't seem to get it out from my frontal viewpoint. I need to replace that with scripture, with God's teaching. I need to put a verse on that. That is not of God. That was not my fault. Or yes, I blew it, but I'm forgiven. Whatever you want to put in there, you've got to have verses that all of a sudden start to fill and and include in, in your mind so that every thought is now taken captive. And I just want to obey Jesus. When we see this about obeying Jesus, I know that my first inclination runs to, I better get my life right. Better stop cussing, better stop lusting, better stop being prideful, better stop, 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 all the bad stuff. And that's important. There are some things that Jesus told us not to do because it gets us in trouble. But I like to, I, I like to flip the script here for a moment and saying, obeying Jesus means you believe what God believes about you. That, that's the starting point. You may remember, it, I, I've shared this a while ago, a professor was sitting in a Christian college, was sitting in his office, a student walked in, tears streaming down his face, and he said, I don't believe in God anymore. And the professor came out from where he was sitting around the front of his desk, hugged this young student and said, that's okay, he still believes in you. Amen. There are moments, brothers, and sisters, I need that. I need that. I need to know that, God, you're still with me. I need to know that, God, you still care about me. I need to know that, God, you believe in me. You died on a cross for me. That means I'm of some value to God. I must matter to God in some sense that my whole life, God, is worth something to you, even though I can't sometimes put life together and I feel like I'm not obedient to Christ and feel like I just uh, uh, 10 pounds of sin on a popsicle stick on Sunday. I I just feel like I'm... I'm always just striving, God. With all of that, God still believes in you. I believe that. I believe that. So what's he saying right now? I want you to have this desire. If you're a student, man, I want you to think about your class. I want you to think about walking on campus. I want you to think about wherever you are online with people. If you're a student, how can I hear from you, God, about the next step? If you're in a dating relationship with someone, God, we want to hear from you. As a couple, we want to do this right. We want to date right. We want to honor you, Lord, with our bodies. We want to honor you, God, with our mind, our soul, our strength. Instead of just messing around, we're going to serve you, God. And therefore, we need to hear from you. What do you want us to do, God? God, how do you want me to honor my wife? How do you want me to... Make sure, God, that I'm washing her daily with the word by the way that I'm honoring her and serving her and loving her and caring for her, lifting her up and encouraging her, finding five things every day that she's doing right. Say, you are so awesome. You are the best mom. All these things that you're doing for our kids, you are amazing. I just want to say thank you. And there's too many times that I get into a negative spirit. Would you agree? What, What does God want from our families that we hear from God in our families? Why don't we just do this? Why don't we just do that? Let's go on this vacation. Let's buy this car. Let's do this. Let's buy that house. Let's move. Let's get new carpeting. Let's get new furniture. Let's get that 50, 80-inch screen TV, OLED. And I'm not saying we have to be hyper crazy about all this stuff. I'm just saying, God, if you want me to do this, I need to hear from you. 
And I'm going to keep walking through this, God. And sometimes I need you to shut a door because sometimes I can't hear you. And I need you to shut the door because I don't want to do anything that dishonors you, God. Does that, does that make sense? Listen, the voice you believe will determine your actions. The voice that you and I believe is the most important one will determine our actions. God would never, never, ever speak to us a word that contradicts his word. So we, through this series, we're just going to be in the word, and we're going to make sure that we are learning how to discern his voice, and we know that God speaks always through his word. And I want to close with this, and if you've heard this before, I apologize, but I don't know any other way to, to explain what I think it means to put ourselves in an atmosphere so that we can start to learn how to do this. This is clear in my mind because it's going on right now, the OC Fair. Anybody lately been to the OC Fair? Only one? <laughs> Man, our church needs to party a little bit more. We have some more fun here, jeez. I just go for the food, man. It's like, it's crazy food there. And we went to a concert. We went to, I went with my brother-in-law. We, our family went uh, with uh, him and his girlfriend and a couple other folks went to hear Styx play. It was in the amphitheater. It was really good. But uh, the fair is just a crazy place. So we, it's kind of a yearly tradition. We take our kids every year since they were little. And so um, Michael and Jonathan, when they were little, it, the time came when they asked, um, Dad, we, we want to go on the ride by ourselves." And I was like, you ain't going on no ride at the OC Fair by yourself. I've seen these rides. The bolts are like coming off when they <laughs> goes, you know, 300 feet into the air. The guy who's running the thing doesn't look like he's past high school yet. Pushing the button, you want to go again, kid? I, you're not going on the ride by yourself. It's just not, not going to happen. I was the one that was kind of more overprotective. My wife leans over and says, dude, we... <laughs> We need to let them go on the ride. We can be watching them the whole time, and they're not going to go on this, you know, skyscraper ride. They're going to go on this other ride over here, the, the Dumbo ride. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'm, I'm good. So we gave them the tickets, everything, and they run off. Now, if you've been to the fair before, there is just always chaos going on. There's chatter. There's music. There's all these carnivals, food. People are yelling, music, just all this stuff going on. And I don't know, maybe they were about 50 yards out, and I yelled because I forgot to give something to the boys, and I said, Michael, Jonathan! And immediately, they turned around, and they came back to where I was. In the middle of all these voices, how did they hear my voice? It wasn't that I was extremely loud, it wasn't because of my great oratory skills, which I have none. It's just that they were so familiar with dad's voice that it was very distinct. And they turned and came back to where I was. I guess that's where God doesn't do this every day. But that's where he spoke to me. At the OC Fair? Yes. God doesn't always speak in my quiet time. In fact, my wife and, her, my wife and I are opposite in our quiet times with God. She'll put out like all these research books. She's got all her devotionals. She's got sticky tabs everywhere. Her Bible's open. She's listening to music. And she'll like do this for an hour. 
And at the end of the, I said, so what did God say? Oh, he said this. I, she's got it all written down. Me? I spend that amount of time, if I can get to an hour, because I'm extrovert and I'm hyper and ADD and stuff, so I have a hard time sitting for that amount of time. But when I am able to do that, which I made a commitment every day to do that, God, for me, doesn't always speak in that moment. But it's a platform that when I'm at the OC fair, God can speak, and I'm listening. So I hope that makes sense to you. Because I'm kind of a simple-minded person. And when you start getting real technical and someone stands up here and says, look, this is how you do this. And there's no one way to do this, to hear God's voice. But I do know this and I want to finish with this. And, and we'll, I'm so excited about next week. Are you excited about next week? The last thing I just want to say is I want you and I to make a decision that we together, individually and together as MVCC fam, will make a decision one-on-one time with God each day. This is something that doesn't come naturally. This is not, this is, sometimes people think, you know, Pastor Brian and I, or Pastor Scott, we're here, Pastor, all of our pastors on staff, Pastor Becky, we're, we just wake up in the morning and, oh, and God spoke. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, some mornings, jump out of bed, God, I need to meet with you. There are some mornings, God, I have so much to do. I don't know if I can meet with you. Just being honest, just being real. So for me, I need one of these. You don't have to get a Batman one like me, but this is just my favorite superhero. But what I just want to show you is just, it's so simple. It's so easy. I just, the scripture that I read in the morning, what it means, where is God speaking to me about changes I need to make, and then I have my prayers listed. So I don't write out like every prayer. It's not like a diary. It's just something for me to help me to stay focused so that I can, all about the day, I'm providing a platform for God to speak into my life. Does that make sense? And I will just be the first one to say, I don't get it every day. I'm learning with you, but I want to keep discerning. If you happen to see this laying around and you pick it up and look at it, there's nothing really exciting in here, but I, I write in code so you'd never know. Dave, I might be praying for you, but I'm not going to put your name in there. So um, that's just how I do it. You can do whatever, but here's the, here's the main thing. Is that God loves you and chose you, and he wants to have this vibrant, interactive relationship, but it requires me to get quiet, to sit before him, open my Bible, to read, to listen, and pray so that he, through the day, can use me, hopefully in some small way, and speak into my heart. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, we're so, so grateful that you speak. So grateful, God, that your voice is very, very distinct. It's very different than anything in the world. And God, we're grateful for that. I just pray for us as a family that God, you would put within us a deep desire, a passion. God, I want to continue to hear your voice. God, I want to learn to hear your voice. And God, secondly, I want to ask that you'll give us the discipline to be able to say, yes, I'm making this commitment 
to spend time with you, that I might learn to discern your voice, God. Lord Jesus, if there's anyone here in the room that, you know what, Mike, I heard you say God loves me, but I don't feel like that. And I've never really given my life to Jesus. God, my prayer is that right here, right now, somebody would say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, I just want to say a prayer and ask you to just, within your own heart, you just pray with me. God knows your heart. You don't have to get the words all right. It's just your heart. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my heart. Forgive me, God, for so many things in my life that I knew just don't measure up. I've sinned against you. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask God that you would come into my life. I commit my life to you now. I thank you that you died on a cross and that you rose again and that you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of John, um, Jesus had a very quiet, I believe, quiet moment as we're talking about, you know, quiet moments with God. And as he um, was at the table with his disciples and John he said I want you to eat this bread and I want you to drink this wine because I want you to remember me and I think what he was saying is not just remembering that there was a physical Jesus but I want you to remember you are my sheep I am your shepherd and I will never leave you as a little boy in a small town had an unfortunate accident as he lost his life. It was a tragic accident as he was riding his bicycle. The parents were obviously just so distraught. But one of the things that they saved was the very bicycle itself in a very special place because they wanted to remember and honor their son's life every day. So I just think remembrances are good. It's good to remember. And this is our time in the seat back in front of you. Just We give you a few moments to just be quiet and be alone with God. And to remember, he died. He rose again for you. So Father in heaven, we, we just take this moment to remember. You love us. And we're grateful for that, God. We just ask that this communion time is very special in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.